What is going on? This is the Shy Town Pucks. Uh, I'm your co-host Kyle. We have Kevin and Jordan here today. Um, this episode, we're going to go through a little bit about how the Hawks have been doing. We haven't checked in since the end of the first game, so we have a lot to say. Um, and then we're going to wrap that up and kick it over to an interview we had with the one and only Dave Boland. I'm super excited to bring this one to the listeners. So, how are you doing, Kevin? Doing good. Uh, finished Cobra Kai. Pretty solid season three. <clears throat> solid. Me too. I feel like it just like felt like it didn't end though. I'm very disappointed. I just no. Kinda... It was such a tease. Like is you knew it was the finale when the fight was going on, but at the same time you knew it was going to have a satisfying ending. It was just going to kick it to season four. So we'll see about that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully season four is pretty dope. But other than that, dude, I turn 29 tomorrow. Your birthday's tomorrow. My birthday's tomorrow. I didn't have that in my calendar. I know. I, now you do. <laughs> well, now you have a couple hours to wish me a good happy birthday. Yes. But, but yeah, besides that, just uh, just trying to enjoy my last little bit of my twenties. How about you, Jordan? Oh, you know, you know, you still got another year. Yeah. Wait a second, dude. Twenty. Yeah. But quarantine years, you know, they go by so fast. <laughs> well, I literally from like twenty, like turning from 27 and just it's going to blank and i'm going to be 30 and all because of in a year you're going to be 30 that's correct jordan yeah, that is crazy jordan how are you doing and sorry everyone he's hungry so if he seems grumpy <laughs> jordan, a, how are you doing buddy can we can we advertise for snickers right now no i'm a reese's guy um, no you guys talking about cobra kai i've never watched it though i uh i feel like i need to find a new tv show because this season's this year's season of the Hawks is not going to be uh, entertaining enough to keep me. Uh, Shut the fuck up. You over. Take that back. Take it, it back. Is. The Hawks are fun. Bro, they're a fun fucking team. I wrote it on my notepad. Hawks it's the fun. only note Kevin wrote for this episode. <laughs> the Hawks are fun. Well, I, I can tell you what happens in the season finale. Um, it's not a fun. <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, that. no shit, but like I'm going to enjoy the process, or as we like to say in the Canadian parts, the process. I, the process. I'm enjoying it. I would enjoy the process if like <laughs> Kirby Doc didn't have two elbows in his arm and Belander <laughs> wasn't watching from Sweden. That's that, that, all right. That's so Jordan's not doing well. We're going to move on. No, Jordan's not yeah, doing well. Yeah. Jordan needs <laughs> Wait, food. I mean, Kyle, my God. We'll, we'll get to that, Jordan. You say that. You bottle it up and you shout it out. Hold it like on. Hold yeah, on what, to it. That's Kyle, for the what podcast. Are you <laughs> yeah, it's for the actual podcast. We're not recording. Right. Kyle, what are you up to? I mean nothing. I'm. I'm You're in your the basement. Hawks are fun. The Hawks are fun. The Hawks are fun. I mean, even when there are other okay, teams to play, yes, the Hawks are fun. We're, <laughs> hey Jordan, know how we told you to shut up a second ago? We're getting into it now. Hawks Jordan, are fun. If, if we don't sit here and say the Hawks are fun over and over and over again, then all the people listening are going to have to watch the games feel like shit and then listen to this about the games and be like, "Fuck, I feel like shit again." Yeah, but they can finally like like sympathize that, with how I'm doing. They've been doing that for years. <laughs> Done with it. Okay, I I can still enjoy the Blackhawks without seeing a W on the score sheet. Do you know what I mean? Like I can still be there, be happy, and watching like crazy backhands, Guy Kane, seeing Kershev just like rip his first goal. Like there's things to be excited about. I should be very clear. The Hawks were not fun until the most recent game, when I think the Hawks were kind of fun. <laughs> That I'll, I'll give you that. That yeah. was kind of fun. And I'm just riding that wave. The Hawks are fun. We have a longer break than we've had all the way till Friday. Like I felt like there should be a game today. So like I get to feel like the Hawks are fun for like 
72 I, hours. I think though, I think the offense was like the first game is obvious. The offense wasn't clicking. Now I think the offense is clicking. So we're going to see over city on all these games. Like it's going to be wild matchups of like three, four games, like crazy. You know, you know what the NHL wants? They want goals and you know what the Hawks are doing. They're giving the NHL what they want. You, you score five on us every game. And our goal at this point of the season is how many times can we score six? You know what? I'll tell you the Hawks defense. If you look at it from a personnel standpoint, it's relatively strong. You got four established NHLers in Keith Murphy, Dahan, Zadorov. Um, then you got your Mitchell in rotating in Boquist, um, Bowden, you know, whoever, I don't think Bowden's played yet. Carlson. So you've got decent um, defensive there. The problem is, and this is where I'm not a huge fan of Jeremy Colleton playing the man-to-man, is you make one mistake, it ends up in the ice, you know, or ends up in the back of your net. They've it, they've played pretty well for extended periods, but now if you have one slip-up, the few slip-ups they make are catastrophic slip-ups, and it ends in the back of their net. And That's totally. It's, the problem it's, I have with the system, it's not always going to get an okay opportunity from the outside, but we always got someone in front of the net. It's Nope. Uh, I made one little mistake and now Barkov is unguarded in front of the net, you know? Yeah. And we're seeing that a lot. We're seeing that way too much. I also want to say in the NHL, if you make one mistake, it can cost you a game. We're seeing many mistakes and we're seeing the price of it on the scoreboard. I'm saying with the system though, the way, the way we play man to man, it's, there is no backup for you. If you lose your guy, the guy Mm. is wide open in front of the net. I hands down agree. I hands down agree. And I think the other challenge that we're facing is our breakout is, is we're going negative. God damn it. You guys, our breakout <laughs> is shit because of the man to man as well. We finally do get the puck on somebody's stick and the breakout is just this sloppy mess to the point that we've got guys even trying to just dump and chase, but they're dumping it before center ice. It's just, no. it's, there's a lack of a break. The D played better in their last game. There's definitely pucks going into a low slot where guys were able to clear it or at least like get two sticks in the way, you know, just creating some interference. But I mean, three PK goals against or three PP goals against isn't going to help you win hockey games. That's plain and clear. Like we have to stop getting up penalties one that's been so, since game one, we got to stop giving up that many opportunities shorthanded, but what can you do when you're just giving up that many like power plays to like teams who can score? So before we even go there, let's talk about the defensemen. I think it's worth like we haven't done this yet. Um, Mitchell I'm, and Zadorov, we have not really dove into on the podcast. What do you? What are your guys' initial thoughts on these two? I mean, I have yeah. my thoughts, but I'll kick it over Jordan. You go first. What do you think of the two? Yeah, I'll start. Uh, I mean, I know we've seen Zadorov play. I, I haven't particularly paid a ton of attention attention to his game individually. I've been very impressed. Very, they right? Well, active stick, move better than I thought. No, he looks like a he looks like a top four defenseman in the NHL. I'm I'm excited about him. Root for a guy. I'd love to see him smoke a few guys who boards this season. I mean, that'll give me something to cheer about. In Mitchell, he um, I mean, there was always a little bit of concern about his size. He doesn't look that small. Um, I know he's five eleven, not tall, but he doesn't look truly undersized. You know, Osby is five eleven. He seems to be a little no more talks about than, that than Boquist. Um, Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> no, it, it, he moves like an NHL player. He, I, you know, I, I can see why the Hawks are excited about him. Why every team was excited about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like the real deal. I mean, you know, again, it'll probably take him a couple of years. It takes a long time for defensemen to really develop and, and reach their peak. But uh, 
he looks like he can be a real consistent, um, you know, a real piece that will be on our blue line for a long time. Yeah. So I feel really similar, like Zadorov beyond impressed by him again, same as what you said, we've all seen him play. We've all known about who he is. Um, but I guess I didn't realize how much more he is than just a, a guy that, that puts the body on people. He's made some, some, some of the most significant, like memorable defensive plays that we've seen this season. Um, he's also made some bonehead plays, but so has every single player on the Blackhawks roster so far this year. But dude, he goes on these like tangents where he's just hit stick city. He'll just hit like six straight guys. Like it's like he he forgets that in a good way that there's even a puck on the ice. He's like, I'm just gonna play the body. And it was like hit, 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 and then we get the puck. And it's just Blackhawks need that. Absolutely wild. I don't think I've ever seen a guy in a Hawks jersey go on these hit tangents the way that he does. You can get to go back to the Dustin Bufflin days. Yeah, that's the only thing yeah. I can think of. Yeah, you're probably right. And then um Mitchell, I think. Um, I'm super excited to see him grow this year. He had a little bit of a rough go at last game, but I think through the first, um, four games, he's looked strong. Like he's, he's going to be a very good NHL defenseman. I'm, I was all in on Boquist for a long time. I'm still in on Boquist, but I'm like, my excitement for Mitchell has now surpassed Boquist. See, I'm going to go devil's advocate. I think they both look terrible and we should probably trade them like tomorrow. For uh, what do you say? Package I'm, deal, Brandon I'm, Sod. Bring him back. <laughs> bring him back. I think we need Sod, guys. You know I think he's the difference maker that this team needs. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's what the team's missing. Clearly but, is. But no, totally, guys. You guys, totally right there. No, they look like the best, the most outstanding defenseman besides Murphy at this moment. Uh, right. But yeah, it, dude, it was so sick watching how confident, um, how confident Mitchell was in our own zone stripping pucks. And then get, you strip puck, stripping pucks and then getting it out. It didn't matter clearing off the glass or actually going tape to tape. Like he looked confident in our own zone. So it's hard to find guys that young that can do that. But in Kyle's point, I think I said it wrong a couple episodes ago. I think the Hawks were higher on Ian Mitchell than Boquist a couple of years or last year. But Mitchell is the one who wanted to stay in college. So they even thought he looked better than Boquist. But uh and then Z, he looks like I don't need to bodyguard him anymore. So that's that's a real Jesus thing. Christ. You never needed to bodyguard him. Get the fuck out of here, Kevin. Uh-huh. So I bet I, I did. <laughs> I've got a question. So here's a hypothetical. The season, I mean, you know, especially after the injuries, we thought this season was gonna be an uphill slog. You know, after yeah. the start, you know, nothing's changed that. Um, we've got a couple, I would say, kind of duplicative defensemen in Dahan and Murphy. Um, you know, to different degrees of durableness. But um, do you think either of those who likely aren't long-term pieces for the Hawks, at least through a rebuild into the next, maybe Murphy is, um, do you think it makes sense to try to move one of those to open up some more ice time for Carlson or Bowden um, or, you know, even um, Kellynet, um, Regula, any of these guys with no AHL season, if they're not playing the NHL, they're not getting ice time. Who are you there, saying there about moving? A, Can wait, you there repeat the names? A, there is an AHL season, by the way. It'll be in February, right? Yeah, they just released today that they had a schedule, and then they're going to release it uh, tomorrow. But Can we they've already cut this. I am just a, a moron. They, they've even had some. <laughs> expedition. They've had some like random games on. I know, like the Ducks goals, just uh, they played today or like yesterday. There's some exhibition games, but they're going to have a season. 
I guess regardless, my answer to your question would be no, even if there wasn't a season, because I think every player playing defense right now on the squad in our top six now, um, they have like years left to play. Like, I don't think let's, we're, we're, I mean, the only one that's like old at this point is Keith. Let's but chat about the, fu- the future defense I is Z Mitchell and uh, Murphy. That's like, that's going to be the defense holding us down till 2025. I mean, you could say that about Tahan though, too. I mean, I know he's 29, but like you've got I mean, I, I like Keith is he, 37, you guys like <laughs> defensemen that, that are solid can play into like later years than, I don't know. Disagree. Keith you is disagree. the exception. <laughs> yeah. There's I mean, no I'm not saying that they're the same as Keith, but I'm Keith saying is, he's eight years older. Keith is a free guy. He could probably play till he's 41 at the top level, but like, I, I don't want to see any guy getting what, Seabrook might have been seeing if he was healthy okay. right now. Then the only yeah. guy on that list would be Dehan. That maybe you consider that. Yes, yeah. I mean that. That's my answer. That I I agree with that. Um, just you know, we're giving minutes to a guy who I like. I think he's yeah. a great player, but we're giving minutes to a guy who's helping out a team that is, you know, in over its head right now. And by the time this is a team that's going to be competitive again, I think Dehan's wearing a different jersey. I mean, you're probably, yeah, that's a fair valid point. I, I just think like, yeah, I, I don't know if I think anything different. I guess you're probably right. Dehan's going to oh, play till he's 40 and he's going to do it in a Blackhawks jersey. And he's going to yeah, waste the cup. Three Norris trophies. Dehan <laughs> spitting my coffee in the morning. All right, boys, why don't we shift to goaltending? Because I feel like there's a lot to talk about with goaltending. So we've seen three goalies in four games. Um I think they said it's the second time we've ever seen that with the Blackhawks. I think I saw some stat like that. So this has happened before, but it's pretty insane. I think we've seen in our first three games, we saw consistency in, in bad rebound control, bad holding of the crease. Um, but we also saw some positive from both Subban and, and Delia, um, just not enough. And then we saw Lincoln in um, jump in the net in the most recent game and look very solid in my opinion still gave up five goals but he had some really strong um streaks within that game and he played way more conservatively so what do you guys make of the goaltending at this point i'll chalk that up as a extracurricular i don't know if that stat matters but what did you say he like three of the goals against were due to us being on the pk so three power play goals against dude it doesn't matter i mean giving up five goals isn't what, yeah, what are you giving Kyle up that many power plays? Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's, let's only care about that. No, nothing yeah. matters. Let's be TSN for a moment. Who do you guys actually uh, you know, dive no, into it? I'm going to really narrow this down. Fuck Who do you guys <laughs> think is the goalie that will see the most starts this year based on what you've seen so far? Uh, I'll go Delia. You still they think? He's the only guy with two starts. That's got to say, it's got to say something. Every goal he's played now, at least one game, I'm going to go with the one they gave two and the only one to get two in a row. Sure, but Lankinen only hasn't had a second start because there's been a fifth game yet. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. I, I don't think Delhi is the best. If I were to see one person get the most starts, I don't want it to be Lankinen. I think Colin Delia proved, at least to me, has got a ceiling of an NHL backup. Subban has proved to me that he's got a ceiling of an AHL goalie. Um, Lankinen's ceiling isn't proven yet. So um, I'd like to see the most of him. He's had success in the AHL. He's the only one to me who looks 
positionally sound as an NHL goalie. Um, but who knows? I mean, so I'm, I'm aligned in the sense that Subban yeah. was the worst of the three from what we Easily. have seen. Again, this is such a small sample size of games, but they've played, I mean, Subban specifically has played games uh, close to 60 before this. So like there's, there's games before this, but like, I mean, Lankinen looked the best. I know it's only See, one game, but when you agree my with thing that? with Kevin Lankinen, Kevin Lankinen looked the best, squared up to shooters, being able to hold the crease. I need him to get out of his comfort zone and out of the crease, receiving no. pucks in the back. I'm what? sorry. I need him. I need him to be a full goalie. Dude, there's points where people would dump it in, dump it in from the red line, and he wouldn't get out of his crease to stop the puck for his defenders. Kevin, because we went two I don't know. games in a row with a goalie playing a puck. I and know, not being but I want to score. You're mad about the goalie that finally so stayed in his net? Here's, absolutely. And here's fucking why. Delia, the reason why he came out of the net the second time, and he said in the press conference, yeah, hear about it. Delia came out saying, I didn't want the team to know that we're playing against, to know that I wasn't going to be afraid to come out of my net. And how does it work out for him? I want a goalie wanting to get shots on him and being a fucking crazy person. I want a guy who's willing to like have the balls to do what needs to be done. If Kevin Lincoln is going to stay in his crease and huddle in his crease the entire game, guess what? He's not going to be starting goalie in the National Hockey that that's the truth. I'm sorry. He needs to receive pucks. If you're at least dumping it in, just stop it for your defender, do something with it. No, not one NHL hockey goalie doesn't get out of his net. At some point, the guy literally sits in his crease. Even when it's obvious, just do something for your defenders, help him out like a little bit. He needs to control. He needs to be like the, the quarterback quarterbacking stuff. He needs to be the guy that can actually communicate with Duncan Keith and say what they're doing. He needs to do that. And I think he's going to be the star. I think you're very, very focused on something that matters very, very little. Because I watched it and it was the one thing missing from his game from being a complete. Uh, no, no, no. There's and a lot like, more missing from his game. He's a young goalie that hasn't proven himself. But like, no, okay. To I say digress. that he's not going to be an <laughs> NHL starting goalie because he doesn't play the puck as much, like he's a more conservative but goalie. There was like point. Just, there was. Po- I totally understand being conservative. I don't disagree with that. I fucking laugh at Mike. Uh, Gordon, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> And Mike Smith, every time he fucks the puck up and like in his trapezoid area. But if he came out of the crease a little bit more and at least had some communication with his defenders and made plays from the back end, I think Kevin Lankinen could be the goalie for the Blackhawks moving forward. He, I th- to me, I thought it was more of him being too conservative in his first I, start. Here, okay, here's what I think in this bigger picture. I think this is somewhat... Well, one, the goal is going to get better. No team gives up five goals a game for an entire season. So, I mean, yeah. things are going to settle down a bit. Um, Unless it happens. Two, <laughs> I think this is kind of what Bowman wanted to happen. Um, you know, work out some young pieces up front and on the D, especially like on the blue line, some defensemen trying to develop. But, you know, as we saw last year, at least when healthy, this is a borderline kind of probably like, bubble team out for the playoffs, you know, kind of bit of a middling team with some good goaltending. If you take away that goaltending, you can still develop some defense when you can still develop some forwards, but now you can get a high draft pick. I kind of think this is what um, Stan was going for when he wouldn't re-sign Crow and then decided yeah. that Subban, who's got a track record of, um, you know, subpar performance, and then Delia rolling with those two as your goalies. I think he thought this is going to be a way to help team tank. You know, the best comparison I have in my mind is an MLB team with some young players and the GM just goes, 
well, I'm not going to get any kind of bullpen because once my hitters and starting pitchers are ready to, you know, you know, become strong caliber players and make the push for the playoffs, I'll just go buy a bullpen in free agency. I know, but Jordan's hungry. No, I think you're right. I don't think you're right. I still just, I, I think you're right. Yes. I think everyone well, agrees with you on that. Like well, this was, have, this was not a decision to have like goaltending that's going to win games by any. And means. have you seen the last two years, gents, like the last two years, there's been goalies coming out of the woodworks that look legit. Like goalies yeah, that come out Blackwood. of nowhere. And you seen that guy. Okay, but oh, we got <laughs> too bad track record of being a bad goalie. But, but Delia, they they pretty much know what they've had in him. He's been around yeah, for a while. He's been yeah, around for a while. Yeah. But um, like, there's definitely been goalies across the league that have stepped out of nowhere, and I think that's what Stan was like. Hey, let's see what we got at this point, because you already saw like. I think no, in the last I 12, think Stan knew what he had. It, He's not expecting he, anything to change. In in the last twelve months, there's probably been like seven new goalies that are easily in the start new starting positions and look legit. And now you saw the crazy free agency of goalies moving everywhere. So I don't, I do understand why he's like, let's see what we got at the same point. Maybe you are in the lose to Hughes, the the third Hughes brother that looks legit right now. You guys know anything about him? No, but we're, we're going to move to offense because all right, you guys, you, guys, <laughs> like, you guys need to talk to Chris Peterson more often. We'll, we'll have him back too on. much. Yeah, what's hey Chris, call us. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I we'll, we'll move to offense. I mean, like I think we can all agree that the goaltending is at the point of what's the best of the worst, and we're gonna see this shake out. They they made the decision just before we move on to hold on to all three goalies on the roster hey, because Dave, they don't want to risk retweeted us. It's pretty dope. That's cool. <laughs> they don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dave. Dave's, Dave's a cool guy. He's a good guy. Go on, Kyle. They don't, they don't want to risk putting one of them down and through waivers and losing them. So like, I think we're in a boat of like, this team wants to figure out relatively quickly, which two they care about the most supposedly, apparently. So they can just make that decision easier, but let's, let's move to offense. So last game is probably the first game that we can feel excited about our offense. Um, let's just, let's just talk about who we feel excited about and some of the new guys. So we got, you know, from a new guy standpoint, we got Suter, Kershaw, or Kershaw, Kershev, Jesus Christ. Um, Want to try for a fourth time? No, I'm good to go. Oh, and then Hagel, Hagel jumped Kirsch. in there last game. What do you guys feel about this offense right now? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, what do you got? Better than I thought. You know, I thought with um, Strom being our, our top line center, um, Things would be a little bit worse. It was a little tougher against Tampa Bay, but as we know, it's the best team in the NHL. Um, you know, they put up four goals the last game. Um, they still have some pieces. You know, if if you look back the last year, I mean, right now we're possibly you know a bottom three team in the league. But then if you look back to last year, we had a, a playoff caliber forward core. I thought. I mean, when healthy, um, there's still some pieces that. Um, you know, they've, they've held possession better than I thought. They've put up some goals. I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised. I, they are performing better than I thought they would. Um, I, I think Kane's interest level this season is going to be something to watch. I could, you know, at times it seemed like against Tampa Bay that he was almost kind of checking out and going, you know, this is yeah. what, what am I doing here? 
And then sometimes against Florida, it kind of put back on. It's like, oh, you know what? There's some guys I can skate with. We can have some fun, um, put up some points, and we're going to lose. You know, I can pad my own personal stats. It's a little better than I thought. And then it, may, it reminds me that this team isn't really devoid of talent. Um, they're just devoid of talent in some um, critical areas, like center and goaltending. But um, there's still some guys who play hockey on this team. Yeah, you, you build a hockey team down the center, and we have nothing down the center. <laughs> okay, we do. We got crushed we, with injuries. We do. So settle down. You add Doc and Taves to this lineup, your centers are fine. Oh, absolutely. No, but you do this. You said the magical words, Jordan. Have some fun. Yeah, That's all you the need Hawks to say, man. Fun. Hawks are fun. The Hawks are fun. It's really important that you guys hear that message. Boys, why should you ever take a kid that's been that's playing college hockey when you can get these guys from international teams that are just like able to be NHL ready? Just cherry pick them. I love Dude, it. Dude, like like oh, Panarin no is like ultimate. Like Panarin, when we got that guy, I mean, you know, we but traded Pan- him rightfully so for Sod, which we should do again. Just keep getting Sod back there. Keep getting Sod back. But, but like Pan- Panarin. <laughs> These guys look look NHL fucking ready. Like they get on the ice. They have confidence. They're competent. Like they, they have to develop and that's clear, but like they look like. Khrushchev took one game to get used to the ice size. It took one fucking game. Kyle, one thing I have to say is, so you're talking about those European guys. So Khrushchev, we drafted him, correct? Yes. We did. Okay. So, I mean, that's an NHL prospect. Like Kubalik, um, we didn't. Suter, we didn't. And you're saying, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know, why? go for the North American kids and you got pros overseas. Well, don't forget that. I mean, Kubalik was a big time goal scorer in that league. Um, M- or Suter just won the MVP of that. Um, They're both MVPs. So, no, let's keep getting them. Yeah, I, I just, I know what you're saying. They don't compare. It's not apples to apples whatsoever. I, I guess I get what you're saying. But well, holy shit, like, recipe. These it, kids are like ready to go. Like yeah, they, well, the thing is, they're not kids, you know? Yeah, they're, they're men. They're, they're, they're men coming over. It, I'm not trying to argue with you, but it's Swiss you know, men. You got you guys in your your mid twenties, not a hundred sixty pound eighteen. You're not wrong. You're it's fair. It's just like when you look at it and you're like, oh, this is a rookie. You get mixed up and you, yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's not apples to apples by any means. Um, I don't get mixed up. So you know what? <laughs> I think we should close it out. You go get some food. You, you cranky old man. <laughs> who do you guys? Who are you most excited about on this offense right now? Besides like the obvious answer of maybe Kane or like Cat, but like who's like a new guy that that really has excited you so far? Which one of the few? <laughs> which, <laughs> one of the, which one of the, <laughs> the, the two, two guys? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pick one, Suter or Kurashev? I will say Kurashev. Um, Same. You know, he's kind of made his name for himself at the last few prospect camps. And um, so I wasn't surprised to see him play this year. I was surprised to see him make this much of an impact, though. You know, there's these guys who you hear about in the the prospect camps, you know, every year. And it's like, Oh, he's one year closer. He's one year closer. If you're playing in that many prospect camps and not getting the NHL, usually you've got a ceiling of a, a, you know, a bottom six player with very limited impact. You know, it's tough to play in the NHL and everyone's talented and, and these guys would be at the lower end of that. Um, and that's what I was expecting out of Khrushchev. Um, his performance has been a little more, you know, positive, you know, pleasant surprise. He, he looks like more than a, a fourth line forward. He looks like more of like a middle six center who can actually contribute some meaningful minutes. Um, 
chip in some offense. And if he really wants to have a niche in the NHL, I mean, it compares to me to a guy we're going to interview in a couple of minutes. I mean, Dave Boland, you know, had skill, not enough to be a, a point per game player in the NHL, um, but had to round out his game to become a really impact player. And I think that's the kind of role Kurashev could carve out for himself if he's able to develop other, you know, facets, facets of his game aside from offense. I mean, I'm not even going to try to top that analysis. You're spot on. Yeah, right. He's my pick too. The kid looks super comfortable on the ice in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know his goal wasn't the prettiest goal to be his first NHL point, but like that's a confident guy skating in, sh- skating left, shooting right. Like he's just he'll have prettier. Yeah, he'll have prettier, but yeah, he's he's gonna get pretty. He's gonna get dirty, but as the Kenya ice hockey team says, the next one will go bing. <laughs> I know we got. We need to do that more, guys. I know. Bing. Before we before we finish up, what do you guys like? Kubalik, the kid's a fucking monster, right? He's got a rifle for a stick. Don't you forget that. The best part about that was it was the third shot that went in, right? Yeah. No, load it up. Give it back to him. Give it back to him. He was he blacked out and he's like, if this puck comes to me, I'm, I'm swinging. And he dude, and his one timer is so pretty. Even after the third swing, like it stayed, Oh, it's so nice guys. That I'll tell you what, before I check off here, my highlight of the week was, um, you know, so we got a lot of bunch of young defensemen and then we got Duncan Keith, you know, his, you know, him sharing a locker room with these guys and being valuable, the experience, what he can pass down to mobile defensemen. And then there was one, um, you know, one play last game against uh, Florida and Mitchell had the puck on the blue line and he's looking to shoot, looking to pass, looking to shoot. He decides to shoot, fires it right off the shin pads of a guy five feet in front of him. <laughs> they get a two and one going the other way. And all I can think is Duncan Keith has taught him well. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, dude. How lucky are these guys though? I'd like to spend a minute with Duncan Keith. Did you see the article that some was it Mark Lazareth posted on that? Like Duncan Keith, like a couple, like eight years ago, was just like a vet, didn't want anything to do with rookies. Now he's like fully taken on the mentor role. When the clock yeah. starts ticking and those dad jeans kick in, and you just want yeah, right? to sure be a dad. Probably. Yeah, I think I probably, yeah, he's just seeing Mitchell like his own boy. <laughs> But totally. But okay, so we're we're playing Detroit here tomorrow. Tomorrow, Game. yeah. Four predictions. What do you guys got? Oh my winning? fucking we winning one? W. I, I think we are very capable of beating that that squad. Um, I do not know if that means we are going to win because if you Bob, look at the if you look Bobby at Bobby Ryan's stats, the leading goals. If you, if you look NHL. at the stats, like the expected goals that we've been that that should be coming against us do not equate to what we're giving up. So like I honestly think it's going to come down to goaltending at this point. If we can see some consistency in goaltending and stay out of the box, we win this game. If we don't and we do what we've done the last four games, we probably lose this game, boys. I'm going to say what I've always been saying for the past couple the Hawks of are weeks. The Haw- These games are going to be fun. They're going to be chaos. I don't know if the scores are going to be like 1-0 or it's going to be like 6-5. to five. It's going to be chaos. Kevin, it's not going to be 1-0. But when the We're teams give are more at, than one goal. Yeah, but when the teams are both at this same kind of weird caliber of kind of not there yet, you're gonna see some definitely you're gonna see mistakes, but you're gonna see some highlight real goals. It's gonna be 
It's going to be a fun matchup. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to crack open a beer, pour a little shot Malort, and enjoy my day. Jordan, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know how, how I top when Kevin having mixed beer and Malort. Um, no, I, I agree, though. But um, watching Hawks seems as good for getting highlight real goals. You just hope you're a fan of the other team. Good Lord. Come on. Don't close it out like that. Try again. <laughs> Try again. I, no, I, I already told you. I think they win the game if they stay out of the box and have competent goaltending. I don't want excellent goaltending. I don't even want good goaltending. I want competent for 60 minutes. Yeah, I, I think they get they should pick up one here. If they don't pick up one here, then it's, um, you know, something's wrong. But, you know, Detroit's not a good team at home. Things have looked a little better for us lately. Yeah, this is these are these are very winnable games for us. Detroit's look fine. I'm not going to say they look good, but they don't look like they did last year. That's for sure. No, we look like they looked last year. Yes. Yes, we do. So I think it's a very real possibility Detroit can win two of two. Uh, I don't want that to happen, but I think we're probably going to split this. That's, that, that's fine. That means we win a game. Yeah. All right, boys, why don't we, why don't we kick want, it over to the end? I think it's fun. The best part is we have, we're we have fun. We're, we have more fun with bowling. So in other stages to denial, I know this isn't one, but there should be one that says I'm having fun because that's where we're at. <laughs> All right. All right. We're going to kick it over. So we had the, uh, the opportunity to have a chat with Dave Boland. Um, we're going to kick it over to that in a minute. If you don't know Dave, stop listening to this podcast. If you do know Dave, just keep listening. It's wonderful. Uh, I've played 500 games in the NHL, seven of his nine seasons with the Blackhawks. He's an absolute legend in Chicago, scoring the um, game-winning goal in the second Stanley Cup we had in 2015. Well, second in that streak of three. Um, Super excited to share this with you guys. It's a great chat. He's a great guy. Um, Love love being able to talk hockey with some guys. They were able to help win cups for the Chicago Blackhawks. We're going to kick it over now. Dave, thank you so much for jumping on with us. No, no, thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. Anything yeah. to help out uh, any Chicago, Chicagonians or uh, anything to do with Chicago, I, I love doing, so uh, I'm up for this. So tell, us, tell us what you're up to nowadays. You told us you're in London. What, what have you been doing with your time? Yeah, so right now it kind of sucks uh, hanging out. Normally during the summertime uh, here in London, we have a good uh, golf crew of guys that we golf with, and uh, – we got a good bunch of guys. So like Drew Doughty comes back here, a few other NHL younger guys come back and, uh, but then just a mix of other guys that I've met in London. So we all hang out here like Brandon Prust uh, that played for the Rangers, Vancouver, Montreal. Yeah. He's a good buddy of mine. Um, so we, we all hang out here and uh, we have a good crew that we hang out with. And uh, during the summer times, it's great. We, uh, we go golf and uh, have beers and have a lot of fun uh, during the winter time. It, we normally, uh, they've got the London Knights here, the team that I used to play with in the OHL. So uh, my good buddy, Dylan Hunter, he's uh, he's one of the uh, the head coaches there. And uh, we normally go watch them. And I normally go and help them out and do little things with them. But uh, with all this lockout, all this stuff going on, uh, it's pretty boring right now. So uh, there's nothing much to do. Just hunkering down and watching Netflix? I think I've watched every episode of everything on Netflix and Apple TV. So... Uh, <laughs> They got to start some new shows. <laughs> I think we're all in the same boat, Dave. I honestly do. Yeah. Um, the, the, the very first topic we want to fire off with, because this is really, really important to us. And I know it's probably important to you. Everyone in Chicago, it's important to you. Who has the 2010 Stanley Cup puck? Who has the puck? I don't know who has it. I don't know. I always Conspiracy theories. Took it, but I always thought Pronger took it. And he always kept it. But uh, I think I watched the, 
an episode of uh, I think uh, missing curfew or spitting chocolates, and uh, he said he, he didn't have it. So I don't know where it could be. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. On either someone might have one of their guys might have threw it in the garbage, or uh, I don't know. It's 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 crazy. I've seen on YouTube. There's a guy maybe seven years ago. He basically did an entire breakdown, like a like of everything that happened and the situations of who could have walked off the ice with the puck. And there's yeah, like yeah. eight different possibilities. Yeah. Uh, I think they confirmed that like a line judge definitely had it and took yeah, it off yeah. the rink. But I heard yeah. that it's probably just thrown in the, the bucket with the rest of them. And they use it in practice, having no idea. It's like the Holy Grail of Chicago hockey. Yeah. hundred percent. So I, I, I like, it would be nice to cool. It'd be cool to have it and to uh, have something that we could throw in Chicago for uh for that long time was it 46 years that uh yeah 49 uh, stanley cup 49 years that uh that we didn't win the stanley cup there so uh i'm glad that i was part of that 2010 team to do that so it was a huge huge accomplishment tell us about that that first cup that you won um i mean i think it's everyone's ultimate goal that either loves hockey, you know, it's still my goal and I will never be there because I suck at hockey, but I think it's everyone's goal. So, you know, going back to 2010, you're sitting on the bench, you see Kaner go down the ice, uh, like wide on the side and, and start celebrating after he shoots it. What, what went through your head? What did you feel like? What was it like being on the bench? Yeah, it was just to be a part of it uh, for any kid. I know for any Canadian kid, it's, you grow up to, uh, to, to be a hockey player and, to make the NHL and uh, we used to use uh, pylons on the street as Stanley cups. And uh, like that, that, those were, those were the biggest things and scoring the game winning goal and doing the whole thing was, was, was a huge thing in Canada. So uh, to be a part of the Blackhawks and to do it in Chicago um, was huge, but just going back to uh, Kaner's goal. Uh, it was, it was crazy going into uh, that overtime. And I think it was crazy just, with the goal and with uh, with how it all went down, because I think a lot of people didn't know if it went in the net or where it went. So we were all kind of flustered and a lot of guys coming off the ice, sorry, off the bench on the ice were kind of like, do we take our gloves and sticks off? Do we hold on to it? Because I know I think I held on to mine for a little bit and you can hear, I think it was Kaner and Sharpie yelling, it went in the net and we didn't believe them. We weren't sure. So uh, it, it was kind of, we were kind of up in the air, uh, air there of throwing our shit off or, leaving it on uh and then we basically just threw our shit in the air and we knew it was in the net so it would uh, look real silly if you had to come back to the bench <laughs> yeah yeah no 100 when you're grabbing your gloves and doing the whole uh shit didn't go in and you gotta line <laughs> back up and do the whole thing so wanted to make sure that it was in the net but uh it was in and uh it was it was a lot of fun tell us about the plane ride home <laughs> after that i mean everyone knows that was a young team with a lot of characters that had to be a heck of an hour and a half, two hour plane ride back home after having going through that. No, no, hundred percent. So after the game's done, uh, you go in the dressing room and the dressing room's all plastered up uh, with uh, with plaster all over it. So when you're spraying the champagne and you're throwing drinks around, um, you don't get it all crazy. But we basically just ripped it all down and didn't really give a shit. And uh, we we partied pretty good. We had a we had a fun time. So we partied there for a little bit, but then once we kind of came as a team, we said, hey, let's. Let's get out of here. Let's get back to Chicago and celebrate in Chicago because nobody really wants to spend the time in Philadelphia. There's nothing <laughs> great going on there. So, um, so we hopped in the plane. Once you get on the plane, there's beers everywhere, and 
everything's flowing. Uh, there was, it was just a, a fun ride home and the cups right there. The con Smythe is there with Kaner, uh, everything's sitting there. And it, it was, it's just, uh, it's just a hell of a time, uh, going through a whole season, uh, battling with, uh, friends and basically a family of, of team there, uh, going how many games and everybody's injured. You see guys with ice packs on them and it's, it's just to sit down and relax and, Crush a few Bud Lights was uh, was probably the most relaxing thing <laughs> after that. How, how do you think the second cup felt compared to the first? Like, how would you describe the feeling of winning the second? Does it surpass it now that you've won two, or is it not comparable? Uh, to the first? It was a whole lot. It was a whole lot lighter um, when you lifted it. I know that. <laughs> uh, it, it, the first time you grab it, you're like, you, you don't know because you don't want to touch it. You don't want to grab it you don't want to do anything before it but um but uh but the first time you grab it was you thought it was like oh it's heavy but it's actually pretty light and then the second time you grab it you you kind of already have that feeling you already know that hey this is lighter and uh it's just you just think about how much fun you had on the first one to the second one the things that you didn't do on the first one to the things you can do with the second one and uh we we had a lot of fun on both of those stanley cup parades and parties and uh, it was a heck of a time. What's the best party you had with it? Uh, oh, there's tons of parties. Uh, <laughs> I, it, 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 I sure yeah. as hell hope so. Yeah, it, it, like the, the best part was always bringing it back to Chicago right after and, and hitting the bars and having the fans travel around with us. And I remember we'd be, we'd hop in the limo and there'd be fans everywhere. I remember fans running down the street from, from one side of Chicago to the other side of Chicago, if we were going to a bar that was a little bit further and there'd be fans running beside our bus and like grab it on and almost hitching a ride. So it was, uh, it, it was unbelievable. And it was, it was great to do it in Chicago uh, and to do it for Chicago fans. So that, that was the special thing about it. You're a beetle almost. Yeah. Uh, close to, <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> Does it feel any different having scored the game-winning goal for the second one? Does that make that one any more special in your mind? Uh, it, it does, and it doesn't. Uh, winning your first Stanley Cup is probably one of the biggest things, like you said, like growing up is that's something that you dream of and that's something that you 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 always think about uh, is winning that first Stanley Cup. But in the second Stanley Cup for me was scoring that game-winning goal uh, and doing that to win the Stanley Cup was was big as well and, and it, it was huge too because that shortened season uh you you didn't really know what was going on in that season and uh and to have that season come around and and to be there and be like oh like we're playing now uh okay so we gotta get ready for this season i know i was traveling to cabo and uh and and <laughs> florida and because uh, every time they'd be like okay like okay we're we're not talking for two or three weeks. So then you'd be like, okay, well, I could take a little bit of a break, get back on the ice, get back in the gym and kind of stay with it. But, um, but yeah, like winning the Stanley cup goal was, was sorry, scoring the Stanley cup goal was, was, was big and was, was fun. And, and uh, it was, uh, it was a heck of a time that time too. So tell us, you, you took off your gloves right after scoring that goal with about a minute left. Yeah. What was going through your mind when you did that? Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I, everybody asked me about this, and um, so after after the puck went in, I think it was Boychuk. He kind of chopped down on my arms, and once I saw it in the back of the net, I was kind of like, "Oh fuck it!" Like, 
what do I have to care about this? Like the game's, <laughs> Just... the, game, the, game, the game's done and there's nothing like, what do, I, what do I have to worry about? So uh, once he chopped it down, I tried to pull the first time and I just said, ah, oh, screw it. So I just let my gloves go and wanted to celebrate with my teammates, with Cruz and Fro and everybody else that was on the ice. So um, that 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 was just kind of like a fuck it. Uh, the game's done. We won this already. So, uh, but it's pretty funny that when it did happen, um, I kind of went back to the bench and did the did the old down the line and and with the teammates and I was trying to get off and. Quinville was like, no, 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 go back out there, go back out there. I was like, fuck that. I'm like, I'm not going back out there because <laughs> if they score on us, then it just just takes it all away from me. But uh, but uh, I went back out, won the draw, got the draw back, dumped it in, and got right off the ice. And I think Taser came on, so it was uh, that was a fun time. That was fun. It was great, great winning uh, the Stanley Cup in Boston too. Okay. I, I mean, one more on this team to, to settle the debate. If the 2010 team were to play the 2013 <clears throat> team, which do you think was 20, better? 2010. Do you? Yeah, 2010. I'd have to say 2010 team is better. Uh, someone else asked me that too. I forget who. Uh, another Chicago podcast uh, asked me that as well. And <clears throat> I just think our 2010 team was full of depth, full of strength. Uh, we had everything from top to bottom. Uh, I think just the whole structure of Hey, if you wanted to play a, a goal scoring game and you wanted to play an up and down game, we were there. Um, if you wanted to fight, uh, you wanted to play a tough game or a dirty game. We also had players that could step in and, and play that. I think we had a whole bunch of roles that, that fit in with that team. And it was just, I, that's what I think. I just, that was the most clutch team I've ever seen in my entire life. Like comeback kids <laughs> through and through. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I think that was that, that Calgary game. We, they were up five. Yeah. Nothing, wasn't it? It was yeah, yeah. When we came back, it was six five. It was it six five, seven five, seven six, or something like that? No, when six five. Seabrook and overtime. Six five, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, by by the way, is that an OG uh, Tommy Hilflinger bear sweater? Oh yeah, dude, those things are so clean. Oh yeah, yeah. they're fresh. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. <It's> purple. <laughs> Dave, we've read some pretty fun stories about you with the cup. Um, I don't remember if it was after the first or the second, but there's some interesting ones. Um, one including yeah, yeah. the cup potentially falling between two buildings. Yeah, yeah. So we're at my house. <laughs> and, yeah. So uh, I got the. I actually knew the the cup keeper. He was actually from my hometown in Toronto. Oh no shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he. So there's a curfew normally at twelve o'clock. Because uh, if you go past stories with uh, a lot of people, um, the cup's been at the bottom of pools, uh, lakes. Uh, it's just been a mess. What do they do so, if you get past midnight? Thank you, Mark Messier. Oh, they, they, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so they, 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 so that, they don't let you keep it past midnight. So uh, they, they're always like, no, you got to take. It. Oh yeah, yeah, they're on it. Like they're 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 tight with it. They don't want anything coming out or anything happening. So he, he was kind of like, ah, oh, he's like, don't worry about it. Like you can keep it a little longer and That's you know it. what happens, you know what happens in, after things, after, after 2 AM, uh, <laughs> yeah. shit just gets sloppy. And uh, <laughs> I think it was, I think it was me and Eags. Uh, we were on the top of my roof and uh, we had a big fire and we had a bunch of people there. We're all hanging out and uh, the, the cup got a little too close to the, the edge of the house. And I lived in, uh, I had a house in just in uh, Lakeview. 
and in one of the row houses and right in those row houses, it's not that wide. It's probably just the width of the Stanley cup. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, the cup fell, uh, and it was probably down about four or five feet. And the drop down was probably like 60, 50 feet. So we're like, Oh fuck. We're like, we better get this cup back up here. <laughs> so, uh, and if it fell, it would have, it would have, it, the, the cup would have been fucking in pieces. I thought it fell all the way. So no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. It only fell. It only fell like four or five feet, not too much. Um, so we're like, well, we got to get this cup back up here. So we had the cup keeper by his legs <laughs> dangling, off, dangling off the side of my, my house. And we're like, fuck, we better not drop him. I know that wouldn't be good. So we pulled him up, pulled the cup up. We had to get a few pliers to, to bend it back. Uh, it looked like it was brand new. So I think a lot, <laughs> I, I, I think a lot worse has happened to the cup. So that's just sure. one of the stories, but. Oh, so next time I hear anyone say that guy has the cushiest job ever, I need to correct him and say, no, no, this guy no. hangs over buildings. This guy deals with all kinds of shit. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. Like, I remember I wanted to take it to a strip club the one time. He's like, no, he's like, can't take it to a strip club. You can't take it to, there's, there's a lot of rules that go along with it. Yeah. Like a child. <laughs> it's basically. basically oh, yeah. It's the basically, the oh, trick yeah. is you got to bring it to a house and then get a stripper to come to the house. Yeah, I don't think it, yeah. I don't think he'd do that. Yeah, he wouldn't. <laughs> he would know. Once a girl walks in with little top on and little underwear, I think that he'd be like, get away. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't bring a stripper around a child, Kevin. Come on. No, no, no. <laughs> now I know. Or get them started early. <laughs> you got any other funny stories with the cup? Anything else crazy that happened? Or is, is your... Uh... That's one of them. I'm just trying to think what else on top of my mind. Uh, there's tons of stories that go along with the cup. Um, I think I might have said another one that was uh, uh, we took it to Wrigley Field the one time. is like me, Burrish, and Eager. Um, so we took it to Wrigley, and I know our management was like, don't take the cup to Wrigley Field. Don't take <laughs> it near there because it's just going to be crazy. And even though I know the Cubs weren't doing too good at that time, but uh, – but we took it to the bleachers and we had a big party there. I knew one of the guys that owned the buildings in the back there. So I, I, re I remember we were on the top of the roof. We had the cup there and there was photos of us with the cup um, hanging over the building. Uh, and basically everybody in the Cubs stadium was, was just, um, was just looking back at us. And then everybody from the Cubs stadium pulled out, pro came out of the Cubs stadium through Wrigley, came over to the, the to where the, uh, the buildings were, and it was packed with like hundreds of people. And I had to call my cop buddy. I was like, Hey man, he's like, you need to come pick us up. Cause like, we're not going to get out of here. There was a mall. There probably was like four or 500 people in front of this building. Uh, it was crazy just how nuts it was. Uh, but we brought the cup up, hopped in the cop car and went back to my place. And then I think that's when the, the cup went over the house. <laughs> what a day. Yeah. That's, just one of the, that's just a few of the stories. There's probably more. I heard a quote of, I think it was Verstegen. It may have been on the ice right after they won. He's telling someone that we're never going to have to pay for a drink in Chicago again. Did that end up being true for you guys? Uh, pretty much. Uh, not so much everywhere, but I think most of the places that, that we go and hang out, uh, it's, it's, they're always great. I know whenever we go back to Tavern or anywhere around that Viagra Triangle, that's where we all kind of, we all kind of hung out uh, at Tavern and, uh, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we like whenever we'd come into um, whenever we'd come in for like when we were younger, like Versteeg, myself, uh, a lot of the younger guys uh, on that team, Bufflin, Fraser Bursch, uh, there was the uh, the Sutton place there, and that's where they always put us up. So that's where we kind of all hung out. Um, so we'd always go there, like the Pony, the Scout, uh, just a few places. But uh, but yeah, like there's a few places that you go and people recognize you and they kind of say, hey, don't worry about it. Viagra Triangle. Have you ever been in a hangout? Uh, yeah, I've been in a, ha- a hangout. You place. have? Uh, I'm pretty sure I have. Where, where's the hangout again? It's, it's like two blocks north. Yeah. It's the underground bar. It's yeah. pretty much a college <laughs> 80s party. Yeah, yeah. It stays open. To, it's like... Six yeah, days. lots of calls. Like, oh yeah, I've been there. It's absurd. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I've been there. That's wild. All right, like, yeah. Stanley we, Cup not allowed there. <laughs> <laughs> nope. We pro- probably tried to take it there, but he's <laughs> <laughs> like, that basically looks like a strip club. Let's not do. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so are you still close with any of the teammates from the ten or thirteen team that you keep in touch with regularly? Yeah, yeah. We always uh, you you're always keep in touch with a lot of guys like Eager. Taves, uh, Seabrook, Keith, Kane, Kaner, like all those guys, you kind of, you don't, don't really lose, uh, lose contact with any of those guys. Uh, Versteeg, um, everybody's always, everybody's busy with their own lives. So uh, you kind of throw a text out here and there to, to everyone just to say, Hey, what's going on? How's it going? So, so it was kind of, it was shitty that, uh, that all this coronavirus and all this thing came, uh, came ahead. Cause, uh, we had our 2010 reunion there that uh, that got canceled. Yeah. So we were we were all looking forward to crushing a few beers and hanging out uh, with a few of the crew. Yeah, that's a that's a real rough time. I didn't realize that 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 was coming up. Um, <clears throat> so, do you ever plan to try to come back to Chicago? Like, uh, come like back, I'll have always... free drinks all the time? <laughs> no, no, I, I I always come back to Chicago. Uh, I tend I still have lots of friends in Chicago, and I. Um, I have lots of friends there and love coming back whenever the Hawks are playing. Uh, I, I like to bring a lot of friends there. Uh, some friends that I didn't have at the time uh, that didn't really get the experience, uh, the whole Chicago atmosphere and what goes on in the game with the anthem and, uh, and everything that goes on in Chicago. So uh, there's some guys that I do know that haven't been to Chicago. So uh, coming with me in to experience a few, a little bit of it is, uh, is fun. Uh, and Chicago will always be dear in my heart. Uh, I'll always, I'll always come back to Chicago. Uh, I love it there. Uh, I always hoped that, uh, that I would have stayed there and that I would have, uh, ended my career there. But as a hockey player, you know, that doesn't happen. That's, uh, it's a business and that's just the way it goes. Well, to piggyback off that, what did it feel like to get traded to Toronto? So kind of going from the Hawks where you had a lot of success, won a couple of cups and then going to your hometown team, kind of under the microscope there. What was that like? <laughs> well, yeah, hundred percent. Winning the Stanley Cup, and then <clears throat> next few days, uh, knowing that you're get, you're getting traded, I kind of knew, I kind of knew something was going on. Um, I knew that um, that there was rumblings uh, that I was going to get traded, and so I kind of knew it was coming a- coming ahead. So I, I was always I was prepared for it. Uh, but I remember Stan called me and said, "Hey, uh, how's it going?" And Stan just lived down the street from me, actually. So uh, I got to know Stan really well just even off the ice and on the ice. But um, he's like, hey, what are you up to? And I'm like, ah, not much, just uh, hanging out. He's like, I was like, I know where you're calling. And he's like, yeah, you know, you're getting traded. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I knew that. I just want to know where am I going? And he goes, actually, 
uh, you'll, you'll probably be happy about this. Uh, you're going back home to Toronto. So uh, it was sad to leave Chicago and to, for everything. Basically, I was in Chicago since I was 20 years old, 19 years old. And that was my way. Like, I fell in love with Chicago. Uh, I wasn't really a big fan of Toronto, even growing up in Toronto uh, and downtown. Uh, but I, I loved Chicago so much that I fell in love with it and was wishing that I could stay there forever. But uh, we know that couldn't happen. But uh, I got to go home to Toronto and go back to my hometown and to, uh, to play for my home team and team that I grew up watching. So uh, that, was, that, that was huge. And that, that was nice to stand to do that. So I got a question about Toronto. Like I was saying before we started recording, I'm hoping to go there to get to my brother's wedding in September. Yeah, if yeah. bars are open, where do I go? Like my girlfriend's never been to Toronto, oh, never seen in it. Toronto? Yeah, uh, I've, we've been there for actually Kyle's bachelor party. Yeah. Where do I go? Oh, geez. I'll have to figure that out. Uh, I don't really go out club. Oh, I know there's a, yeah, club, called e- there's a club called EFS. It's, uh, it's EFS. a good, good spot. I know some people there. They got a good crew, and it's a it's a party there. Uh, but there's there's like King Street. Uh, King that, Street has where, lots of bars. That's where we were at. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was King like Street that has, art district area. Uh, yeah. There's 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 the King there's King Street. Um, I think we were on King Street. I can't remember. And then there's like Yorkville. Yorkville has uh, like little high end like like high end restaurants like lounges um and then like by the sky dome uh by sorry well, not sky dome anymore the rogers center um they've got uh they've got a few bars there but uh geez it's we, been a while since i've been down there so we had a buddy who flew into toronto that night and he yeah. didn't realize like the spire he didn't realize it till like the next like two days we were in toronto walking around all day for like a weekend like we, our we, third yeah. day there he's like holy shit look at that we're, like we drank a little too much yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of, <laughs> yeah, kind of happens when you drink too much and you kind of forget where you are, right? Oh yeah, we, we try to go to a blue. <laughs> yeah, we got to the gate and just went to, straight to a bar. So it was a good trip. <laughs> so when you're playing with Toronto, did you have a lot of friends and family trying to come to every game all the time, all fighting over tickets? Uh, so, so you get two free tickets um, when you when you're with the team. So you get your two free ones, and then uh, you have – you normally get two extra. So in Chicago, I actually had four – I had my two, and then I had uh, two or three extra right in a row. Um, in Toronto, that doesn't happen. Uh, there's, a, there's a waiting list for tickets. So I had two down, like, almost in the for, first lower bowl. <coughs> Excuse me. And then uh, I had – I tried to get – like my Chicago tickets two right beside my two in like the lower bowl um, in Toronto. And they're like, well, we can't get them side by side. I was like, what? I'm like, I played for the team. Like, can't we get them side by side? And they're like, no, like there's, there's waiting lists and there's a whole bunch of things. And it's like, well, I'll see if I can find you too close by. He's like, yeah. I was like, I was like, find me too close by. And he's like, yeah, well, there's these two close by, but just for the licensing for the seats, it was going to cost 50 grand. And then that's not even on top of like your season tickets. So I was like, just get me two upstairs uh, as high as you can. And <laughs> my family can fight over those. So, uh, so yeah, oh, it's, it's tough. Oh you yeah, it's tough. Player, right? Tickets are tough. Yeah, yeah, tickets are tough in Toronto. Like, like yeah. you can like they, they're they're pricey, and uh, just to go to a game in Toronto, like if you were going to take, you can't. 
Like as a regular family, you can't take your family to a game in Toronto. It's too expensive. Like just with tickets, food, beer. Like a beer is probably what's the beer? What's a beer at the uh, United Center? Ten twenty-five. Yeah, ten twenty-five. So a beer, a beer in at the Air Canada Center would be twenty-five bucks. Jeez, uh, well, oh, yeah. alcohol Thanks in Canada is ridiculous. Anyways, yeah, yeah we learned yeah, that yeah. lesson. Oh yeah, going okay. to the bachelor party. Yeah, here's a hypothetical. Yeah, so you've, you've won two cups of the Hawks, including the game winner. Say they make it to the finals this year or next year. You call up, you want to get two tickets to, say, game one of the finals. Would you? Would they be able to pull that off for you? The In Hawks. Chicago? Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, we have, like, we have, like, Chicago's great. Like, they're, they're great with us. And I think uh, it was, what was the game? <clears throat> Was it game five when they played Tampa in 20? When they won it? Yeah. Then game six. It was when they won it. Did they, they, was it 2015, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we came, I think I had a few buddies and they're like, oh, like, let's, like, I've never been to a Chicago game. I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, last minute, uh, we took a buddy's plane. We're like, let's hop on, like, it's only 45 minutes or, I sorry, an hour from where I am here in London to Chicago. So it's great being close, but um, we hopped on my buddy's plane and we hopped on over and I called my guy. I was like, Hey, we're in Chicago. He's like, yep, just come right in. And so it, like Chicago's great. And they're awesome with, with previous players and whatever they need and whatever, like the, the they're probably, they're, they're the best organization uh, hands down uh, that I've played for. And, even pass up the Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah, uh, the only time actually I'd, I'd I'd fly to Phoenix was uh, to do my physical at the start of the year and at the end of the year. So, so what was that like being part of that team for? I, I forget how many years. Was it two, three years? Did you know? Are you any interaction with the team on a day to day basis? Or no, like? no. So I just so basically, uh, basically for me, it was just the money for them to hit the ceiling. Uh, for them to get to the top of the cap there because uh, they're under. Um, so for, for me, it was basically just, uh, I go there uh, on October 15th or September 15th, whenever training camp starts, uh, do a physical and they see that uh, I'm, I'm injured and that my ankle and my back aren't doing too well. Um, so they, uh, but okay. So basically I fly in there for 10 minutes and then hop on a plane and fly right back home. You can stay, enjoy the nice weather. Uh, well, I was living in Florida, so I was already, oh. I already had the weather. Yeah, yeah. So there's no point. Yeah. Makes sense. What yeah. was the transition from two like big time cities, big time hockey markets in Chicago, <laughs> Toronto, then down to Florida? What was that like? Yeah, it was uh, like same. Like Chicago's a great organization. Original six, Toronto, original six. And they do everything to top of the class. So like in Chicago, we wake up, go to the rink. Well, at the start, we didn't get this. Uh, once Rocky came in and things started turning, uh, we kind of got, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we kind of got all like the, the good stuff. Um, so we'd get there, there'd be a chef and you'd get breakfast after practice. You'd have your meals. Uh, basically all you had to care about was dinner on your day-to-day basis uh, when we were in Chicago. Uh, same as in Toronto. You had everything. Everything was catered to you. Um, 
when I got to Florida, it was a little different. Uh, you didn't get much. Uh, you didn't get a lot of the, the perks of those original six teams and those high-end teams like Chicago and the Leafs. Um, like I remember after games in Chicago, we'd have uh, like Joe's Stone Crab. Uh, we'd have steaks and lobster tails and uh, shrimp and like, there'd be so much. Oh, yeah, yeah, basically. And so like we'd have food everywhere and it was unbelievable. In, in Florida, you, you there was things that they missed and it, it just wasn't the same. I'm wondering, I've, I've gotten to be in the visitors locker room at, uh, well, formerly the Pepsi center. Now the ball arena, I used to work for the Astro like a year selling tickets. So I got to at least enjoy their rink and play some pickup there, but yeah. I don't want shit on any organization, but what's like the worst locker room setup in the league. Cause you're the first like NHL player that we've had on here. So I'm very curious what's what's it like what's is the there worst? any rink is there any rink like still active in the nhl that's like oh god like this is just horrible showers no horrible locker room no 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 like the visitors locker room yeah the, the head yeah. The, yeah like the visitors no not really like like every rink now is is like a, a half a billion dollar rink. like the rinks are state of the arts right like like they're all done nice like the visiting rooms are they're not done nice, nice, but they're not done nice enough that you can go in there, you can enjoy it, you have a nice shower, and you can do do the shit you need to do. Um, nothing's like there's no rink now that like like we played, like I played in the AHL and there mm-hmm. were some shitty rinks, like oh yeah, it, no hot water, just <laughs> cold water. Uh oh yeah, like there there were some bad rinks that we played in, and like there'd be only like one shower. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, on the flip side of that, what was your favorite like road game of the year to go to? Any city you loved playing at? Uh, probably LA. LA was always fun. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. LA was always fun. Toronto was fun. Montreal. <clears throat> New York was. I, I I'm not a big fan of New. Like I don't I don't I'm not a big fan of New York. It's too big. Like there's too much shit going on there. Um, everything's going too fast. Uh. So I was never really – it was cool to play in Madison Square Gardens and to do the whole thing, but, like, to go out and to, to have dinner and to enjoy your night, uh, either if we were staying over the night before. Like, L.A. was always fun, Montreal. All the, all, the, all the Canadian teams, like, all the Canadian places are always great. I always hear good things about Montreal. Like, what's, what's it about with the stadium and the city? Because we're open to go there on, like, a bros trip if Canada's open. So. Uh, yeah, that's probably the – <laughs> if you're looking to go place it's it's montreal montreal is probably the 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 funnest um their fans are crazy they're nuts they're like soccer fans they're like kind of european uh uh you're kind of you're kind of on the french like the european side so like montreal is kind of closer to like europe and is, and is quebecois like a derogatory term term towards like the french canadians i honestly don't know oh uh, i don't know either <laughs> My brother rips it left and right, and Does I don't he? really. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. I didn't really listen in <laughs> French that much, so. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, but but Montreal, if you're looking to go to a fun place, it's like a good time and good city to go out in to have fun is Montreal. It's fun there. So you, so you told us your favorite place to play. Um, what about players? Like who did you love to play against, match up against, and who did you absolutely hate to see across from you on the ice? Uh, probably the fun funnest was probably the Sedin twins. Uh, that was always fun going up against them. Uh, who'd always hate? Uh, I know Jumbo, 
Joe, Joe Thornton. He was always hard uh, in yeah. his prime, and he was he was big, strong, and uh, I'm not that big, not that strong. Uh, so uh, it was always a challenge going up against him and Marlow and a few of those guys. Uh, so it was always probably, fun. Probably doesn't help when, when he's hacking you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's almost oh. taking my wrists off at the time. So. Oh yeah. So I remember, I think it was that same year, um, but the series before in 2010 against Vancouver, um, it seemed like you were really getting under both the Sedin's skins. And I don't know what you said, but at one point it looked like you said, <clears throat> if it's Henrik or Daniel, but got his wires crossed and just went after you after the whistle. You recall? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, there was a few times that, yeah, I like, I, I respect them as players and like, they're great players, but once you kind of get on the ice, I don't really give a shit who you are. And uh, I, like, I want to win a Stanley cup. And I like same way with them. They don't give a shit who we are. Like they, they want to win too. Um, but I, I just, every time I knew I was on the ice with them, I just knew I had to stick them in the nuts or stick them on the leg. And like, if someone was doing that to me half the time, I'd be like, fuck this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to break this guy's leg or break his arm and you're just going to get sick of it. And, I think that's just what it got to is that they just got sick of me just poking them and staying stupid shit. I didn't really say much to them, um, but I just kept on poking them, kind of getting in the nerve. Like just, I was always in their face. And like you said, like <laughs> people just, you just get sick of it. And sometimes you just snap, right? Well, I mean, there's a reason, <laughs> there's a reason they call you the rat and Q loved putting you out there against any of those top lines did did you ever feel like just exhausted by the fact that he just was like counting on you to consistently do that to all the top lines against teams no not at all uh like I came into the league I thought I was going to be a goal scorer I thought I was going to be a <coughs> excuse me uh like when I came out from junior uh I, my last year I had like 140 hey, you points lit so it up. You lit it up. Yeah, yeah yeah so once I got to the NHL I was like fuck well, I'm going to come and I'm going to score 150 points in the NHL. Well, it's a little bit harder when you get to the NHL. Uh, a lot of older guys and a lot of stronger guys. So uh, I had to change my game. I had to I had to do different things. I wasn't going to be the goal scorer, but I could still put up goals. Uh, I wasn't going to do a lot of things. So I had to figure out a way to stay in the NHL uh, instead of riding the bus in the AHL. And the paychecks are bigger and the food's better and a lot of things are better up in the NHL. So I was like, I'm sick of riding the bus. I'm sick of doing shit in the NHL. So uh, that third line role of being kind of that shutdown guy was, was big for our team. And I knew when I was in the lineup and I knew if I, if I shut down the Sedin twins or Thornton or Crosby or whoever was out there that night, that we're going to have a good chance of, of winning the game. Cause that's going to open up room for Taser Kaner sharpie and a lot of these other guys to to work around so uh so i i q was the one that kind of got me into that and he's like hey i think this would be something great for you and you can thrive off it and i did and uh that's when i knew that that was going to be my role and i ran with it that was that was during that cup run that was probably my favorite line you led and versteeg that third line that was together most of the time what mm -hmm. uh what was it about that that you guys just clicked that postseason I mean, he brought offense uh, and had the hardest matchups. It was <clears throat> yeah. Like, like it, it started with me, Lad, and Havlat that '09 yeah. year. So then Havlat didn't come back, and we kind of relished off that. I think Buff was thrown in the mix, but then yeah, uh, Steger and Lad, and I think all three of us like 
we didn't really give a shit. Uh, like we wanted to get dirty. We were willing to get in the corners. Uh, we were willing to get do the dirty stuff, and we were willing to just play with our nose dirty. And and the good thing about Steger and, and Laddie is that they work hard, and they were willing to go in the corners if I was out. Uh, they were willing to hang high if I was in the corners. So so we we we, uh, we relied on each other really well, and we responded really well to each other because we all knew, hey, like fuck, we're, we're good here. We can do this, and if we play against some of these top lines and. If you play against a lot of these top lines, <clears throat> a lot of them don't play defense great. And Steger, he was still offensively good. Uh, myself, I still had offense. And Laddie still had a lot of offense in him too. So uh, whenever we had a breakdown with either the Sedin twins or whoever on those top lines, some of them are like, well, we're not going to really back check. This is a kind of a third line. But I think our third line still had a lot of shots and a lot of, uh, a lot of skill to, to even put the puck in the back of the net. Did you and Versteeg uh, overlap in Florida at all? Or were you off by a year? No, no, he was gone. Yeah, he was gone. Back in Chicago by then? Okay. Yeah, I think he was. Or I think he was – I forget where. I think he might have been in Philly. It's it's the same with the Knights. You right. missed Kaner by one year, didn't you? Could you imagine yeah, so you lighting it yeah. up with London? <laughs> So, so we won the Memorial Cup, and then the next year, uh, Sam Gagne and Kaner, they're like, well, like, if we could get these guys to come this early, like, we could have another chance because, like, we were playing – I was probably playing about, like, 25 minutes a night. Uh, like, we were just exhausted by the end. Uh, there was a few of us. But um, if Kaner would have joined us that year, I'm pretty sure we would have won the Memorial Cup back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, he just came in. Do you, do you ever talk shit to him? He came in and casually topped your uh, your unreal season. I think it was. <laughs> yeah, I he was did. Looking at it earlier, it was like 130 points. And then he came in and put up like 145 a year later, like no big deal. Yeah, yeah. He just he stepped in and just took took handle of it. So it's pretty cool. Both of us have our uh, our jerseys retired there, so uh, it's a pretty cool thing to uh, to have that as a teammate to go from one team, just missing yeah. each other, but then going to the Hawks and winning two cups and experiencing all that is, is fun too. Yeah. That's, that's unreal. So have you followed how the Hawks, the, you know, the direction that franchise has gone the last couple of years, have you, <clears throat> you know, staying up to date with them? Yeah. I, not too much up to date, but uh, I, I always have my eye on the Hawks. So I always see what's going on. It's, I think these think are some of their, uh, well, it's, not everything's going to be uh, great, right? We, we, we had those great three years. We had those great – we had three Stanley Cups there. We went from – it was great. Um, but uh, it, there's, there's still going to be changes, right? Like, you're going to have your dark days uh, of trying to find that Stanley Cup team again. Uh, guys are getting older. Seabrook, Dunks, Kaner. Well, Kaner, I don't think he'll ever get older. I think he'll be <laughs> – I, uh, I think he'll be 40 and he'll still be doing the same shit. Oh yeah, um, he's the taser of this generation. That's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So like, it's 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 tough. It's just tough because you always want to be good, but you gotta you gotta find those players to fill fill those spots and take over from when we were there and from other guys. So you're gonna have your dark days. You're gonna have your bad days, and hopefully they 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 find a thing here and they find everything and, and get back to their winning ways. Well, what were your thoughts on um, 
when they moved on from Quenville a couple of years ago. And then a second part to that, we all know that Q likes to have his whipping boys. Was that ever you on occasion? No, he never really, no, he was never really uh, on me. He was, uh, he was always, well, he could never, like, I, I always went against the top line. So I don't think he could, could ever the be work a horse, man. Yeah, 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 you're doing all the way. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You don't want to whip yeah. your horse. Yeah. yeah, you're That's the horse. You you're not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm out there. I'm doing all that, and but I'm pretty sure Steger was his whipping boy for a little <laughs> yeah. bit. I know. I, I know. I'd be making a lot of mistakes out there, but he'd be he'd be yelling at Steger, not me. Uh, it was always funny, but uh, <laughs> but I, I I don't think he was. I, I like he was a he's a hard coach. Uh, He's not a guy, he's not like a, uh, he's not a hated coach. Uh, he was always a great coach. And I think even Steger would say this to, to, to today that he still loved him and likes him, even though like he yells at him. But I think, I think you can do that to certain players and they respond better. And I think Steger was one of those guys that, that, that would respond with a little bit of uh, a little bit of shit given to him. Uh, I know with kids these days, like you, know, you can't yell, you can't do a lot of things. You got to kind of keep things a little, Hush, hush. Uh, I know back in my day, like when we were coming up, it was a little smack in the head, get your shit going and figure this shit out. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, Q was always a great coach. Uh, it was tough to see him leave Chicago for, from being there for so long and, and winning three cups, but there's always time for change. And I got traded. Hey, like it's the way it goes. Right. Before we wrap this up, I, I kind of want to end it on a happy note. Um, yeah. what's what's like the biggest lesson you learn from q whether biggest hockey lesson. or life yeah uh i don't know if there's a lesson hockey like, or life anything Steger can be your whipping boy that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steger was my whipping he was always yeah uh there's not really much of a lesson but uh I, like q was always a great person and a, like he, he was great to all of us like he wasn't great to just one guy or anybody uh like he was he was great with 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 all of us um and he he always pushed us hard and gave us days off when we needed them and that was the best thing about him was that if we went to him and said hey we need this day off he's like take the day off uh if, if we needed to be on the ice he'd be like hey let's go on the ice so he was a great players coach with us and he was always great around us and I think to the day we die, we'll always love Q because he's, he, he was just the greatest person to, to us and to even to the fans. Uh, he, he's, he was always the best coach I've ever had uh, in the NHL for sure. Um, but uh, not that there's a lesson, but, or anything, but outside, but uh, that's a tough question. Actually, I've never been asked that. So uh, you kind of, you kind of that one. <laughs> well, Q, Q's notorious for like helping guys out with bonuses. So yeah, I could see him being. He's oh, 100%. A team, yeah, team guy oh, yeah. as, as a coach, unreal. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. He's a player's coach, like hundred percent with that. Yeah, yeah. But just uh, in general, uh, he was he was just always fun to be around and made made it fun to be out there. And that that was a great thing about about Q was that like if you were down, he would always bring you in the room and get you back up uh, or figure shit out. Like he, he was always, and he was, he was always straight to you. He would, he would never beat around the bush and kind of lie to you and be like, Oh, this and that. Like he was, he'd sell it, tell you straight to your face. Hey, you suck tonight. Uh, you're playing like shit. You better be better. And that's what you want to hear. You don't want someone beating around the bush and not telling you the truth. And so he, he, he was always great about that. Awesome. 
I've got a lighthearted one I'll finish on. Um, how often have you watched your own highlights of you scoring against Boston? Uh, I don't know if I always watch it, but it always pops up here in Canada. Uh, we have TSN and all these networks, uh, sports networks, and, you know, Canada's hockey, hockey. So um, there's always a top 10 of the Stanley Cup game-winning goals. It's always on. So there's half the time that I'm sitting there and it pops on. So no big deal. Yeah, I, I, during the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so it like during the winter, it's, it probably pops on a few times. Dave, you'd That's be awesome. disgusted if you heard the number of times us three combined have watched it. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, good Lord. <laughs> um, I think when we think back to like the Stanley cups, I mean, there's those two goals and that's one of them. And like, it's like ingrained in our heads, watching you put it in, watching you try to pull away, watching you drop the gloves. Like the whole thing is just, it's unreal. Yeah. Like that, that'll always be like, I'll always remember that. And that will always be uh, a remembrance to Chicago and to the Hawks and to the Stanley cup. So um, I'm glad I did it with Chicago. Uh, I'm glad I got drafted to Chicago. I'm glad um, everything that happened with my career is, was in Chicago. So I was blessed to, to play there. And we're certainly glad of that as well. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thanks guys. Thanks. <laughs> Dave, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been a blast. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a blast. We appreciate you taking the time to come here. Hopefully, and talk hockey. No. Hopefully we'll see you in Viagra triangle at some point here. Uh, you'll, 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 there'll be a chance you guys to see me if I'm out. So okay. I'll be in, I'll be in Wrigley field or, uh, or somewhere. I always like to go out for a few pops. So. <laughs> us too if i'm if i'm around say hi <laughs> we'll do, we'll you know, do. Yeah. all right Dave, thanks drunk, so much. just carry me home thank you <laughs> <laughs> absolutely awesome thanks guys you boys thanks bud have a good one just glad thank you have a good thank one guys you. you too bye